Hello all, Feeling Good Lewis here, presenting episode 383 of the Gaming and BS podcast, where Brett and Sean will attempt to amaze you with acts of daring do, such as juggling flaming swords, walking an electrified tightrope, and cringe-worthy body contortions. Now I know you may say that these acts may not translate well into an audio-only medium, but trust me, sit back, close your eyes, and imagine how awesome it would be. And without further ado, I present you Brett and Sean. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to the show. Second to last, man. Second to last. This Second is, uh, to the last. Wow. Shit, man. We're on the penultimate. Is this the penultimate show? Is that the deal? Is it just before the end? I don't know. This, this is like our our last supper of shows. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there, I just committed blasphemy. There, I've done I think I've, I've cussed. I've sworn all some over. things. And now blasphemy. Okay, exploding. yeah. All right, all right. All right. Good, good, good. <laughs> We're going to go out with the We're bang. going out big. Going out big. Well, we were more popular than Jesus, so we had to stop the show. Um, this is not the last one for those that are wondering if it's the last it one. It is not. It is not. We've got one more. One more in two weeks. Penultimate. Sean's Pen- penultimate. Answer, penultimate yes. show. All right. So, Sean, how the hell are you? I mean, what kind of gaming did you get in since I talked to you last? Dude, I played Bro- Broken Compass. Broken Compass? Yeah. I know nothing about this. It's by an Italian uh, Tiny Mice, I believe is the company. They had a big Kickstarter. Um, the Kickstarter put it out there. It's very pulpy. It's based on, you know, it's, uh, it's got, it's kind of, um, uh, oh, it's, it's inspired by like Raiders of the Lost Ark, romancing the stone, blah, blah. Right. And, uh, so that was two mice. They did a Kickstarter, their Italian company, and then they ported it to English and they have, it looks like a, a journal, um, and then you put you got a pencil thing on the side and all. We oh got them on their website. That was really yeah that was really cool. So the way it is in a nutshell. So I I played digital uh, Hobbit ran it for us Mirko, and then I played with uh let's see who was all involved. It was Roger just, Harrigan okay. and Malcolm Malcolm, Malcolm. Right. yeah Malcolm. So it's two little mice dot net. T-W-O, little mice, all one word, two little mice, all one word, dot net. And that's the Broken Compass website. It was just an intro kind of run through. And uh, it's, I, I'm probably, I might pick it up. It's, the way it works is you don't really, you don't really die. I mean, you can, but it's, it takes a lot. Everything is kind of a fail forward, but it's when it's D6 die pool and you, have to make it's a uh, uh, all the same number, but it doesn't have to be any specific number. So you could have two ones, three ones, three threes, right? It's all matches. And the more of one number you have, the greater success you have. Hmm. So you could have, you know, say you have a die pool of five dice and you have a full house, like you roll a full house. So then you have a critical success and a basic success. 
And those things play a role in the challenges that you face. And so it's, it's very straightforward, simplistic, I think. Um, very narrative based, kind of, I don't want to say kind of, but there is a narrative component of it. And I think the people that will get hung up on it are the ones that aren't used to rolling and then narrating kind of what's going to occur from their perspective, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it was good. It was fun. It was like three, four, three and a half hours. And then uh, played Forbidden Lands, the, the, the Bitter Reach still going. Awesome. We got our ass kicked by another harpy and <laughs> some ghouls. Uh, we did okay. No deaths. Slowly but surely make it to the Bitter Reach. That's that's all my gaming. And then I got a Delta. I'm still trying to get the Delta Green game off. Tomorrow night, we're probably going to meet and do Session Zero. Awesome. So there you go. I had, um, I was up at my cabin this last weekend um, doing some maintenance work up there. Brought AJ with me. And then we played, um, I got four expansions for the version of Talisman that I have. <clears throat> we'll lay that out. Played a bunch of it. Had a lot of fun exploring the expansions which we hadn't played together before i realized i'd never played them i'm like oh my god i've had these forever i've never used these expansions let's throw these and in the process we found out we were misplaying two pieces of the rules i can't remember them exactly but they just like huh looks like we've been doing this wrong for a while like wow son of a bitch (laughs) and we played duke with which is a perennial favorite for he and i up there so we had a really good time doing that earlier let's see last week tuesday my game group met and we played um had my um, my Pathfinder game, my Wastelands game, which was a lot of fun. They uh, uncovered more stuff. Um, There's a lot more. Uh, the last couple, <laughs> I did a uh, game master thing where I like I was watching the group and I'm like, hmm, something seems off. I'm not quite sure what it is. I was just talking to the guys offline, poking around after the the previous session, and it dawned on me that a lot of the combats and the big encounters they've had have all been big encounters. They've been very epic. I mean, not epic, but a lot of you know, huge lore dump encounters and a lot of like the creature there. It was massive. It took a long time to, oh my gosh, it's dangerous. Oh God, she's fucking scared, 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 scared. And I realized that they haven't had a chance to like, to go back to earlier episodes, an easy win. We haven't had a decent like grind through where I, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to win, right? Or that it's going to be a more standard type of combat. So I pulled out a more standard type of combat. We had some semi-specialized undead and a few other things but it was stuff i'm like if unless they play really bad and forget or the dice go completely sideways this will be a fair match and it was incredibly it was a very good tactical game session a lot of throwdown, you know shooting dying flipping around doing all sorts of stuff swords flashing all that good stuff and it was at the end of it everyone is smiling they went, yeah boy and i'm like that's what we needed we needed a, a night of just some a good old slobber knocker. Just sit down, throw throw hands, and come out come out winner. So it was uh, it was a good. It was the right medicine for that campaign. This Saturday, I'm not playing this Tuesday because Saturday I've got a longer session at the house here. Um, we're gonna run uh, probably f- I think like a seven hour game, probably dinner in between whatnot. But there'll be I uh, can more revelations and newer and some cool stuff coming. So it's been a really good, been really really good. And I got to say, this coming Friday, AJ had a belated birthday party. His birthday's in April, but he decided he wanted to wait till summer so we could have his friends from down uh, Richland Center up uh, where we used to live. 
have a longer weekend of it. And he asked them, I said, do you want me to run a D&D game type thing for you guys again? He goes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He said the guys really liked it. So he was talking to his friends online. They're playing Xbox or something. And they said, hey, is your dad running again? And he said, yeah. And they said, I want him to run more. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? It's just like, apparently, when he ran for only four hours last time, that wasn't enough. They wanted more. I'm like, all right, so I'll crank it up a bit. And a lot of AJ's friends are not, they're not as serious a gamer as AJ's. They're much more, hey, we show up and play games. And it's fun. They have a really good time doing it, but they're they're not reading rule books. They're not digging into the stuff. <clears throat> so I explained to AJ when I said, what rules rules do you want? He goes, oh, fifth edition. I said, are you sure? I said, because you and I, especially you, are going to have to be sure that the rest of your five friends, you're managing their characters for them because they forget stuff. And they don't understand and so on. He's like, oh, I don't want to do red box. I said, how about swords and wizardry? And I showed it to him. He's like, I don't want descending armor class. I said, don't worry. It <laughs> natively does ascending armor class. He's like, oh my God, I'm in. So I dug out the old swords and wizardry and uh, pulling that sucker back out. I was on the, um, on our discord, asked a couple questions and um, got some help from a few folks pointing me at some really good stuff. So, Pretty pleased. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited. I've honestly I've not run Swords and Wizardry. I've read it a couple different times. I'm gonna reread the rules. They're really short, not that hard to get to. Oh, and uh, I want to make sure I shout out Laramie Wall. Laramie did a really good job. Or I should say a really good job, like it was a task. But he said, "Hey," because uh, I'd asked for some decent pregens, and he he hooked me up with the right type of with the right type of setup there. So that was awesome. But man, I tell you, this is I think going to be the right kind of medicine for this group because the it's got the right level of crunch not in you know enough options and features that they'll feel like they can do different things but it's not overly tactical complicated so i think it's gonna work well looking forward to it sounds fun man it should be good so so before we go any further are you gonna make game Wokan this year do you think or are you still dude i gotta i really want to submit some events but i really can't afford to do that and then have have them canceled so I'm going to do, my goal is to get a job and then I have to go to work. And if I'm around people, then that's like, hey, if I'm at work and around people, I'm like, I should be able to go to a con around people. Yep. So that's the plan. That's assuming I can get a job before October. The only thing I'm... I was talking about it with my wife and I'm like, I really, really want to go. And I'm trying to decide, should I put games in? Because depending what happens family-wise with my mom and my dad, I'm mm. like, oh, is there, could there? So I've got dad, Father's Day is coming Sunday. So dad's coming over, spend some time with him, tell hunting stories and hang out and talk about mom and what's next and how things are going. I'm just concerned, you know? Sure. Because I was I was worried when I was gone in Canada on my hunting trip. I was like, yeah. I'm not there and I can't get back. You know, what if, what if, what if? Now, granted, I can't live my life that way. I always worried about it type of thing, but I'm trying to. Well, you're not, you're, you're also not in Canada. Like, you're yeah, I, I mean, I am in just in Madison. I could drive two back and a, in a day. Yeah, but, I don't know. What is it? Two know, hours, three hours? Yeah, two and a half, three hour yeah. drive, if that. So, yeah. But, it, you know, I get it. And I yeah. think everybody else will too. So you know, I want to make it, I want to make it happen. Even if I, even if it's like go down and I don't have any official events or something just to see people, there's a lot of yeah. really cool 
uh, gamer friends and people that we haven't seen. You know, I haven't seen folks in person for a while. So it'd be great to see some of the BSers who I know are going to be there, especially. And a few other folks that are friends that we just haven't seen. So anyway, hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, if you want to submit a show, if you want to submit an event to GameholeCon and you're wondering if you should or can put it put it under our banner, so to speak, even though we won't have a podcast going, the answer is yes, you can. We encourage you to put in Gaming MBS Lives. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, kind of like, like the old campaign, Vecna Lives. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, yeah, I like it. There you go. If Very you don't, cool. that's cool. Whatever. That's up to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Anything else, man? No, man. Let's random encounter, brother. Random encounter. Segment of the show where we field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. I've got one. I've got two voicemails and a few emails. So first one is a voicemail from Mr. Chris Shorb on the last episode. Are they lying? Hey, Brett and Sean, it's Chris Shorb. I wanted to call in. I guess we're kind of running up on the final call-in here on uh, your conversation about lying. I was, you know, that's something that has always, I'm so glad you covered this topic. That's something that I've always found problematic, especially in your D&D type games, but even in games like uh, Dungeon World and other games. And I guess the question is, what is the purpose of a non-player character, whatever type it is, to not be telling the truth. What is that purpose within the game and within the, uh, like what is that trying to get toward the players? And to me, what it does is it, it inserts a little, uh, it injects a little uncertainty for the players. It makes them a little more cautious because they don't wanna, you know, they don't wanna just kill everything because sometimes those people might hold the critical clue or might be a valuable resource going forward, uh, but they don't wanna also let everything go um, they don't want to just uh, believe everybody because clearly in D&D, the common trope is for an ally to stab them in the back. And so there is this tension when you encounter any NPC of whether they're lying or not. However, I guess what I would say is that when you want someone to uh, lie, if, a, if an NPC is lying, what can happen is the players get locked up. They're like, I don't know if he's telling the truth if he's not telling the truth. And that's about the time when I want to throw at them either the insight check or whatever the game is that lets them somehow determine a way forward with this character, whether they're lying or not. Uh, you guys are covering a lot of the mechanical aspects of it, which I think is uh, great, and I'm continuing to listen to that. But I guess my the question I just wanted to throw out there is, like, what is the purpose for the player characters? And what does that bring to the game? And why why do we insert that into our game? Anyways, thanks. Why do we insert it into our game? <laughs> That's a damn good question, Chris. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. It's because we, we say, boy, it's, it's a pain in the ass when that happens because it sure causes problems. <laughs> only to realize that we're the jerks that put the guy who <laughs> put the lying SOP in the game in the first place. That's our problem. It's our fault, right? I think Chris hit it on the head, though, is the idea is to... Um, have a questionable narrator or untrustworthy narrator. You want to have some uncertainty and doubt. And sometimes it's a matter of why are they lying? What's the reason this character would lie? Sometimes that's a piece of the investigation. You know, you meet the person who doesn't want to tell you um, this thing. You think their wife is the head of this cult, let's say for a call to do that type of thing. And you're like, you're questioning the husband. You've got him cornered. And 
and he's lying through his teeth. Like, okay, is he afraid of her? Is it this? Is it this? Is she really not? Blah, blah, blah. You know, but I think Chris is onto something there. What <clears throat> having the NPC lie for the fun of it, y'all dig in your own hole. <laughs> like you, you got yourselves in that one. You shouldn't have done that, right? But if there's a reason for it, if there's a in-game reason, like, you know, I don't want to betray somebody or I'm unsure of you as player characters, you haven't proven yourself in some case or, or wherever it is. How do you get past the lying? And uh, I do think Chris is also, um, it's a smart move. And I, th- I think we did talk about this a little bit was at a certain point when the players are like banging their head on the, I don't know the indecision wall, they're all they're smacking it going, Jesus, what do we do? Having someone make that check, that insight check or, and, um, or something to help them get it moving because they can get stuck. And I think the the lead in though here is, is smart though, from Chris's perspective, why are they lying? If you're only having them lie because you think it'd be fun to mess with the players. Well, Hey, guess what, pal? Um, you're the one that had the lying NPC and you're the one who just messed with the players. And now they're spinning in the circle of doubt. They don't know which freaking direction to go. You know, it, it, come on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You kind of did that to yourself, so that type of thing. So, Sean, what do you think there? I always think that you should have somebody that is not telling the truth, but they think they are telling the truth because that's what they were told by person B. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Because then you could say, hey, man, I'm I'm telling you the truth. Insight check. Yeah, they're telling the truth. Oh, okay. And then they accuse him of being a liar later, and he's like, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah. Th- this th- this person told me that. One of my favorite ways to do the insight check in a case like that I've done in the past is like from your insight check, let's just say, you know, tells you that as far as this person knows, they are absolutely telling you the truth. If they have bad <laughs> data, they still believe it. They That's believe 100% what they are saying. Right. You know, when you meet the person and you're like, really, you really think, you know, you know, Father Dagon and Mother Hydra are going to rise up and cleanse the earth. It'll be a better place to live. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You're like, oh, my God, he's fucking nuts. Yeah. Wow. Look at that guy. He believes that shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's good, Chris. Thanks, man. Appreciate you calling in all these years. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. What's next? Email. Email. Is this um, for metagamers? Yeah. Okay. Want me to read it or you want to read it? Go ahead, man. I'll start then. Okay. Hermetic Gamer, a.k.a. Chris D. I always screw up Chris's last name, so I'm not Yeah, don't say up. his last name. I'm, I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I'm going to make an ass of myself. So Chris writes in and says, I <clears throat> can't believe the show is coming to an end. I want to thank you both for countless hours of what always felt like hanging out with good gamers, chatting about what we love, no matter what I was doing while listening. So many lawns cut, meals prepped and cooked, bathrooms and kitchens scrubbed, walks around the hood, just plain daddy needs not to hear you children times you guys were making uh making it valuable fun and always entertaining i very much respect your choice to go out on a good note when it felt like the right thing to do and i will truly miss this it was at times of parenting young kids the only thing that kept me from feeling connected to the larger gaming world i wish you the best in future endeavors and hope sometime to sit chat and maybe even roll some dice with you well first off chris thank you that's that's very kind of you i appreciate that i'm glad we were able to do something to help you out man of as a parent of multiple children i know exactly how you feel through through a lot of that he's got more though so second thing i wanted to make two comments on lying in games the first of course is a gamer story because hey that's what we do right 
Gen Con Vampire Game. The basic scenario was everyone was elders at a conclave deciding the fate of the city and who they were going to support as leader. I was a Sabbat infiltrator. Someone else knew there was an infiltrator, but not who. The person that most suspected me was a Tremere and wanted to read my aura to see if it was tainted. At a quick chat on the side with the GM that a bracelet I wore would hide my true aura, the idea I made up on the spot. When the guy asked me to take off my bracelet, I made a tear-jerking story about it belonging to my sire and the, their tragic end and my promise to never move it, that had everyone all emo mopey. <laughs> so the guy backs down, reads my quote-unquote clean aura, and now trusts I'm not the infiltrator. And then use that trust to influence him to supporting the person I was backing who ultimately gains enough support to win the city. No one figured out who the infiltrator was until post-game, and the guy almost... <laughs> I, excuse me, until the guy I most psyched out was blown away that it even been me. All this was done with role-playing. It will always be one of my favorite gaming cons. Ha, con moments. <laughs> Very nice. A second comment about how to handle lying in game is that uh, kind of goes along with Sean's idea of just tell them. There's a brief run of network drama crime show about lie detectors based on the psychology researcher that was an expert in it. The spirit of the famous adage of uh, psychotherapist Irvin Yolm in his fiction book, Lying on the Couch, that everyone lies to their therapist. The gist of the show was everyone they were investigating was lying, but that the interesting part was not that they were lying, but about what they were lying. So, you know, this person's not lying about having stolen money. They're <clears throat> they're the suspect about, but having an affair with someone and that somehow relates to the real case. This, to me, seems to be a more interesting way of handling lying. Sure, you know they're lying. What are they really lying about? Is this what you suspect they're lying about or something different that leads us somewhere and moves the story along in a different way but allows it to move along? As Brett might say, does that make sense? I'm sure I'm going to miss this gaming bright spot on my podcast feed and will likely still go back and listen for a sense of gaming community when I feel lost. Best to you both in all your endeavors. Most importantly, thank you. Sincerely, Chris. So I tell you, Chris, I think you hit on the last piece, especially hit on a lot of the things that Chris Sharp was touching on as well, like a reason for the line. You know, Chris, as, uh, uh, I, I think as you're laying that out and Sean, that just um, those two seem to be kind of head to head on that one. Having a solid reason and then the reason, you know, it, it helps you make the story move forward. You're able to do something with it instead of just being this annoying thing <laughs> kind of got in the way and slowed everything down yeah it's i'm telling you it's a messy it's a messy thing sometimes and if somebody's got it like this is the way i do it and it works really really well great but i always find it like just this weird wonky thing because it's partially how it's partially saying well this is how you feel and some players hate when you do that to their character. Oh yeah, telling you telling you, you know, RPG or hey, this is how your character feels without it being like, really, why do I feel that way? Well, you think it's a spell or something. I mean it, being as my buddy Letty would say, don't tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> right. right. So as soon as you start telling people what to do, how they feel, how they act, and so forth, it gets weird. Yeah. And when someone's lying to them, I mean, that's just a, a natural piece. I mean, as most people would tell you like they hate being lied to nobody likes it <laughs> it's not it's not fun especially when you're like doing the, the the gaming adventure thing and literally your life or the life of your loved ones is on the fucking line yeah right the fate of the world is banked on the fact that i can't get this person that person to tell me the goddamn truth that's a problem right 
<laughs> excuse me, so I could totally see where, uh, yeah, if it's, it's tricky as hell. But I love the ideas that we had here from Chris, um, her metagamer, Chris D, and then back to Chris Shorb, too. Both of Chris's were dead on here with the pull that together. And again, Chris, man, thank you for, for listening all the time. All these years and all the feedback and uh, friendship there. So that was that's just awesome, brother. Thank I've you. known Chris for a long time now. Really cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. Over to you. All right, next one is Roger Braslett about hanging it up. He he's responding to our. Is he calling BS on our answer? He, let's, see what, he, let's see what happens. Let's see. He let's says, "Hey, hey guys, because we asked. Well, we." We asked him, like, well, why did you ask or did you have some suspicions? So now he's. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There we go. I'm listening to the latest ep- uh, podcast and you wanted to know some of the reasons I thought you might be hanging things up. Before I start, Sean, what? You couldn't pay the bills for the last month of the podcast so you could have your soundboard? It's like you already, you're already half gone because the last episode of my soundboard. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So the main reason I thought you guys might be getting done is you're repeating topics. Even if they aren't the same name, it's a, it's similar content months or years later. I thought you might have just found that you're repeating yourself and you've said everything you want to say. Other things come to mind. Friendship blowout. Maybe Brett finally looked through thoroughly at those old AD&D books Sean gave him and found the pages were blank and it was all a big hoax. <laughs> Oh my maybe, God. Maybe Sean was sick of Brett getting all the gaming and BS groupies catering to his every whim and was calling it quits. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that. I can't hide any, we can't hide anything from Roger. No, we can't. Sharp eyed man. Right. Uh, and, or maybe your wife said, playtime is over. I need you around on Monday nights. <laughs> that, one, that, one, that one might have legs. That, no, that maybe, but not, no. That's not the case. Uh, thanks for te- telling us like it is. I look forward to your next steps post gaming and BS. Hopefully I'll see you around. I mean, Brett was really, really close. If he was in coastal New Brunswick, just saying, Roger. Roger, I actually, I was super tempted to get a hold of you and uh, the, the main contingent, <laughs> you know, um, but I had to, I, it was flights. It just sucked. If I was driving, I'd have more time. Um, you know, I think there's there was some there's something to be said about the repeating piece. And have you said everything? We'll talk about that more, of course, in the AMA. No doubt, someone will ask us. You know, when we talk about what's coming next and so on. But there is a certain point when I think, as Sean and I said, you know, we're we're just done. You know, we've it's run its course and so forth. And um, yeah, I really don't think there's much more to throw in there right now. Sean, you good? We'll make something up in like a few months, some conspiracy theory, and we'll spread oh, yeah, it around yeah. as a rumor. So Absolutely. stay tuned. I guess, you know what's really cool, though? I mean, of all, <clears throat> Roger is one of the, like, you know, OGs, right? <laughs> I mean, he's he was around from like single digit days. Yeah. Written in, talked to us. He and his wife happened to be, you know, they they organized a, a trip. I, we got to meet him in person at a game hole con. It was great, you know. Um, so and Rogers just he's been a constant, he's been a fixture of the game MPS Z scene for a long time. So uh yeah, it was just it's just I just when I Roger, when I see your name and I see other folks uh, out there, you know, Chris and Chris and other people have written in and stuff, and I'm listening, damn man, you folks have been around a long time. <laughs> 
<laughs> with us hanging out and just putting up with our with our shenanigans for this long. So that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, but not leastly, have an audio from our friend and uh, moderator of our Discord, uh, Harrigan. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, here we go. Brett and Sean, this is Harrigan. I'm going to try to keep this short. Thank you for the podcasts, the conversation, the topics, the arguments, the opinions, for the games you ran, for the community you built, the cons you attended, and all the connections that you forged. From me, from everyone else in BSlandia, thank you. Your objective was always to make the show like a conversation in a bar, and I think you succeeded wildly. When I decided to really roll my sleeves up and get back into the live play part of the hobby, I listened to a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of great stuff out there, but something about gaming and BS was always different. The reliable format, the production values, everything we learned from die roll, and of course, random encounter. Some other podcasts read viewer mail or played recorded audio, but the way that you two engage with your fans, and then the way that the fans engage with one another once the forums and Discord really got rolling, that was the secret sauce. Anyway, be proud of what you accomplished. It is no small thing. Good night, good gaming, and good luck in your future endeavors to be positive forces in gaming. I hope to see you both at Gamehole Con so we can all raise a glass together. Cheers, boys. Damn, that was cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Arian. That's very nice. I think the... Um I've told this to Sean many times. I'll probably, and I know I'll say it again tomorrow, uh, not, not tomorrow, on our next show, we record the final one. That the <clears throat> the community build out, I will put that ninety percent is Sean, right? Want a good community, knows how to build one, and one of the coolest things I think is that the all of the folks, the men, the women, everybody who's been over there, um, everybody, all of them, all of you, are really really nice to each other. <laughs> and that's 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 really fucking amazing you know all it takes is log on to twitter kids and go see who hates who right and i do not see that i never saw it in our back in the google plus days that was not anything anybody tolerated in our in our group we never tolerated that in um the forums right somebody get in an argument like hey, 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 hey yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry my bad my bad my bad and we would kiss make up and we would move on and our Discord moderators do a great job and everybody's nice. And, you know, you, we disagree on some stuff. I know there's things that I read out there. Everyone's like, man, hmm, I don't know if I buy that or whatever. I can say, well, eh, that's not for me. Right. Uh, Harrigan's got a piece in the Discord where we were chatting about um, Simbroom, the 5e stuff. And, I, and he mentioned trophy. And I mentioned the fact that the trophy, the title and the image for the trophy RPG rubs breath the wrong way because of that I'm a hunter. And trophy hunting is a toxic term and so on and so forth. And I explained it in there and I, I said, I'm sure the game is fine, but it hits me bad. I don't like it. Harrigan was like, huh, interesting. Didn't know that, right? There was no fight. There was no like, yeah, but the game's good. And you're being a dude. She was like, I, I could express a thing about how it impacted me. And then everybody else around there went, oh, interesting. Okay. Didn't know that. Well, the game is good, and we talk about, you know, talk about the game and so forth. And I think that type of <laughs> discourse on our Discord is is really awesome. And uh, I think, Sean, I, I, I know I'm going to say it next time again, but you did a hell of a good job, man. I don't know how to build a community like that, but you did um, all the right stuff, dude. So 
did it. And I, you should be really proud of that, man, because you did a really hell of a good job. Man, I just opened the door and set up the Discord and forums and just told people to create accounts and go there and don't be assholes. And you know what? Look at that. It just go figure. It, you know, I, I just I just love that we don't have we don't have the drama bullshit that like the Twitters has right now. Man, go get that shit. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't want that. They just don't. They don't. No. You know, even if they're on Twitter, they don't want that. And no. You know, I keep up with, Augie, can you go away? I keep up with the drama on there because sometimes I think it has some relevance. But, you know, that's the people that are BSers. I've mentioned this before, especially around BSer Con back in January, even leading up to it, December. We get a lot of people that would join the Discord because they're, they're coming to the con, right? But I always get nervous about somebody that's coming and I say, hey, great. Welcome. How did you hear about it? How did you hear about the Discord? Because if their response is, oh, well, I heard about BSRCon or I, you know, um, I just came across it, that makes me nervous because they don't know the podcast. And if they don't know the podcast, then they don't know what you and I talk about and our views on, on certain things. Yeah. Like literally, like, you know, Black Lives Matters, trans rights, being you know, inclusive, being yeah, a decent, love who you want, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. stuff like that. that stuff. Yeah, and we and we don't have to stand on a pedestal and beat our chests over it, but it's important because if somebody has a a, a problem with those things, it, it's probably not a good fit. Yeah, I mean, if you have a, you know, yeah, if you have, um, yes. Right. It, it's, it's, it's that yeah. simple. And Absolutely. you know, you want to be simple. inclusive, but that, that, there you go. That's, that's, and then we get good people that are on there and they, 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 there's been a few people that have, have come and gone and that's okay. Well, totally. Yeah. I mean, we've said this before is that any gaming community, any gaming group, sometimes they last a long time. Sometimes they're shorter. Sometimes you, you get along with a thing. You, you come into a podcast, you fade away from podcasts, all that stuff. All this stuff can happen. <laughs> I've um, I've gained with a number of different people over the years, and I know Sean, you've had a ton more. I've been very fortunate that the core of my gaming group is you know twenty five plus years old, whatever the hell we're on now. But all that said, I, I've had a number of different people in and out of my gaming group. Some of them I don't talk to anymore. You know, it happens. Right. And um, but the cool thing is the people who are there, the regulars, the people who interact and talk in our community are just they're just fucking awesome they really yeah. are they're yeah. great people i do i never if i have a question about a game and no, no matter what the game is or i'm you know wondering jeez am i doing this right or whatever i can look around see who said something i can ask a question like hey um does anybody have some good pregens for swords and wizardry if i ask that on twitter if i ask that in the wrong group i'm gonna get can't you fucking google that how come you're an idiot or jesus christ it's not so hard to make characters i didn't I'm not here to be put down. I'm asking if somebody had something to help with. And what did I get? I got bam, bam, bam. I got three really good responses. People were willing to help. And those who, you know, if somebody's, we don't feed the negative negativity back to each other, which is just awesome. So anyway, enough said. Yeah. I, it's, um, we're blessed to have mm -hmm. friends and, and members of the community um, that they are like, that's just, you guys make it easy. 
Derek. Like we're not always having to pull freaking teeth out and pull our hair out every day. Like, jeez, exactly. you know. Anyways, thank you. All right, man. Right? Shit. Yes, absolutely. Let's get into the main topic. God, Let's do it. What are we talking about this week, Brett? <laughs> well, man, it, we're closing in. And I thought, let's talk about, you know, shit we've learned. Somebody may ask some of the stuff in the AMA uh, at the last episode. But I thought, you know, there are some key pieces that I think I've learned or I feel that like I've learned through this, you know, seven-year run, however long we've been doing this, you know? And I know you and I have talked about this off the mics, like, boy, I learned this or, hey, this is really cool and so on. And I thought it would be interesting to to call that out because one of the things we talked about over the last year, year, I mean, well, shit, for the last seven years, but heavier, <coughs> excuse me, was some, some of the introspection stuff, like what, what have you pulled out? And I think sometimes it's interesting to see where you came from and where you ended up, right? So let me go. I'll start here. So I had a, um, I, at the beginning, a, a softball for me was online gaming. Sean talked about it. I'm like, oh, geez, uh, yuck, uh, you know, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing like, oh God, I don't fucking want to do that. Oh my God. It sounds terrible. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's pretty fucking sweet. And it was all those things where uh, had I, had I not, had I not listened to Sean and listened to the listeners, those of you who gave feedback, like, Hey, I'm running a game online. Like, really? Holy shit. Cause I had this thought in my head, like, well, that's just, you know, it would suck if I had to run games online. Like, oh, that's, that's the last resort, you know, of, some poor sucker who can't find a game group, right? That's, I, I felt like it was his last, you know, last desperate grasp for gaming. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's how it first came off to me. And the more I've watched and listened, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to participate in this. And Sean's the one that got me doing it because you were running a DD game. I got in on that. Then you ran Star Wars for me. I got in on that. I'm like, this is pretty fucking fun. Wow. This is really cool. I'm in my house. This is comfortable. <laughs> I got a good chair. Yeah. And, what, and, and, and being able yeah. to play with people that I'm like, I'm gaming with folks that I cannot see <laughs> in person, like ever. This isn't going to happen. Right. I'm not going, or maybe I will once a year. I'm not going to have a chance to sit down and game with, you know, VC young on a regular basis every week, unless I'm doing it online type of thing, or I can't game with you, you know, Sean. I mean, I, I even when I was down in the Madison area, I was still an hour away. It took me an hour and a half to get to your house, right? Just from my place. It's I'm not going to drive there once a week to game and so forth. Online gaming was like, I'm like, holy shit. It was a, not revelation per se, but it was an eye opener for me. Like, all right, all right, you gotta, you gotta try this shit before you knock it too much. Don't get that predetermined notion in your head, Brett. You know, it's pretty good stuff. But Brett is, to be clear too, he's talking about pre pandemic like yeah oh yeah pre-pandemic absolutely we, yep. you know, yeah. early on way early on yeah kev thulu was one of the first online like he's the furthest one right like yes in the group i think but i'll tell you man when when the pandemic hit and i'm like well we got a game online I'm like that's okay i'm good at this <laughs> i got my chops yeah I've, I've run a few i've run a bunch yeah. it was like when my when my home gaming group was like we gotta we gotta go online i don't know how to do this i'm like i got you <laughs> Roll 20, wham, 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 wham. They're like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. This is, oh, thank God. Not as good as in person, but man, whoa, thank God. This lets us still game. Fred, did you, know, did you know you might be one, you might, as the game master and your Streets of Avalon game, do you remember that, the, the online one? Yeah. The, the stream? 
Yeah. Would you would you be surprised if you were the first online game of one of those players? Yes. Yeah. No Lebert. It was his first online game. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, I'm honored. Honestly, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Nola's a hell of a gamer, too. Yeah, there you go. Nola Burt's a damn good gamer. That's Wow, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think right around that time, it might have been kind of the, you know, well, people do it, but it's not (laughs) my thing, and I got a home group. Yep. And then I think it started taking off, and it's probably... Right around when streaming was going on, but I think it was pretty kind of fairly early. That was a while ago. But I tell you, man, I recommend it now regularly. Yeah, and we've talked about it for years. It's the only way I fly, bro. Well, we talked about it for years, even when we were gaming in person. We did game periodically uh, online and be like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Yeah, I'm gaming with friends of mine that I can't see in person because of distance and time and so on. Fucking a, awesome! I'd be dead in the water. Yeah, I'd be true. dead. I literally yeah. would be dead yeah. in the water. Pandemic would yeah. hit. I'd be like SOL, and I haven't played with the Jeff group since pre-pandemic. Well, because I dove into it, then the um, the Streets of Avalon podcast that I did the Wednesday evening podcast thing that I did with uh, Chris and yeah, and Kev Thulu and, and that right. crew. It was that that really helped from a <clears throat> publishing perspective. That was great, but from a fun perspective, that's still one of my. I love that campaign. I love it. It was so much fun. So goddamn much fun. Yeah. It was online. <coughs> That's awesome. So Sean, yeah, but, uh, that was my first one. What do you got? Anything? What'd you learn? Uh, I, you know, if we're going to do the swapping back and forth mm-hmm. thing, uh, mind, I think I start, uh, one of the ones I have listed is prep is overrated. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, when I first met you, you prepped the living shit out of your uh, games. I don't know. No, compared, no, seriously, compared to me, when we first started, we'd well, have offline conversations, and I'd be like, just make that up. You're like, oh, no, 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 because you're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm reading published or pre-published, or whatever you want to say. I'm reading these adventures. No, I got to read all this, and I got to do I got to figure out. You were prepping like a madman compared to me. I'm like, oh, my God, that guy put so much effort. Yeah, but everybody preps like mad, mad, um, you know, madness compared to you, Brett. Well, yeah, it's because I'm awesome. No, <laughs> Brett, Brett, Brett's like, uh, anybody want a game right now? Like right now, right now, right now. I could do okay, it. Let's like, go. Let's top go. Top of my head. Let's go. Here, I'll just tell you what your characters are. Okay. Write this <laughs> exactly. down. Write Strength, this down. 16. Intelligence, 20. Yeah. So, I, uh, um, you, you've yeah. changed your prep strategy though, and just kind of how you, th- and I think. Well. I- well, Maybe. yes, no. Maybe. Well, so now I'm going to run impossible landscapes for his Delta Green guys, and I'm going to probably get dragged back into, you know, nailing down some notes and things of that nature. We'll see. I don't know. It's the, the thing about this campaign, though, is you got to have your proverbial shit together as a game master. You're going to get you're going to get confused so, players. I'll tell you right now, though, the fact that you were looking at saying this campaign requires this for me sean requires that you know i really want to get this kind of campaign right i want to get my proverbial shit together so yeah. on and so forth hey but i'm going to run a forbid lands game i don't need because i know how yeah you know it sounds yeah, f- this, this, for- this is corny but that's part of the growth and learning process that i think both you and i went through th- as through the seven years is like looking at certain things and going i i i need this for this and not for that 
And that's totally fine. Like, look, if I was going to run possible landscapes, I think I'd be in the same spot you are, man. I would read and reread and really try to commit to memory and verify and so forth because I wouldn't want to fuck that one up. You know, it, it's a it's a behemoth. You could kill a person with that book. That's a heavy duty book. <laughs> you know, I, I we were talking about full uh, full broken compass, not full compass. That's mm-hmm. a company here in Madison. Broken compass. And one of the things we were talking to Mirko about afterwards, just kind of feedback-wise about our take on the game, he ran, like, it was probably the adventure in the back, I think, of the book is what it was. Okay. He said he thinks that it's probably better run off the cuff or having just little notes because you can pivot things in the moment. Like, you can say, hey, okay, this is what's happening. And frankly, in a pulp game like that, I could – totally see how you would set up the scene and then depending on what the hell goes down right you inject something yeah and then you roll with it um and then based on the basic you know success critical success those things start to you know it's high action hot what's the chase like okay you didn't shoot the car and the car didn't veer off but because it wasn't a uh, high enough success, but you had one. So a tree falls in the middle of the road, blah, blah, blah. You know, where if you're looking through a pre-gen adventure, specifically like with that game, eh, it might be a little clunky. Yeah, I get you. Right? But the ones with, the, I think the prep that I would get into are the ones that are a little more complicated plot-wise, or there's a lot of masks of tap like... Dude, you can't just wing that. You got to know what the hell's going on. Yeah, that's a tough one. If you're going to wing that one, you've got to be prepared to, if nothing else, take post-game notes yes. and say, wow, I we did 16 things that changed the course of what does that do? It's like you've got to have your beautiful mind room where you're remapping and your strings are going all over like how you how you change that sucker up. Yeah, Because yeah. that's complicated, yeah. But I think for fantasy games and things of that nature, I would try to abbreviate that prep significantly and just be like, you know, whether I take Sly Flourish's or Mike Shea's method of, all right, here's a couple things, here's some surprises, yep. you know, here's some interesting locations and go, right? So, yeah, that's mine. One of mine. So to go back to one of mine then is I think that there is – the curated RPG system, when I talk about that, we've talked about that here before. So the definition of a curated RPG is like, say, Night Witches or um, many of the PBTA games, right? They're very, that's a very specific game, specific setting, specific feel, Bluebeard's Bride and so forth. When I... They are not toolbox They're not games. toolbox games. They're not toolbox no, games as, no. I, as I've defined them, right? <laughs> and Sean gives me shit for saying, because I'll be like, I can do that with X. And Sean's like, yeah, you can, you dumb fuck, but it's easier too. And I'll tell you right now, you know, you look at games like Vason and so forth. Yes, I could run a Vason game with something else. The amount of work I'd have to do to do it as well as Vason does. I'm not ready to put that work into it, right? Not going to do it. And a really well-designed or well-put-together curated RPG, I think, is is wonderful because you know exactly what you're getting. Um, D&D is the canonical, hey, it's the most popular game, blah, blah, blah. But the tricky part about D&D is that everybody plays it different. Matt Colville's got a great video on it. Like, he's talking about the fact that it's difficult to talk about D&D because who plays rules heavy, who plays rules light, who plays with tactical gamers, who plays with a mix of tactical, non-tactical gamers, and so on. Sean, you and I talked about that. 
that video he did. And it's it's a really good one. And it's difficult in those type of game systems to to hash certain things out because if Sean is a fly by the seat of his pants, you know, rule of cool, blah, blah, blah. And I'm in my group are very strict, tactical, by the rules, five foot squares matter, everything facing of the miniature actually matter, blah, blah, blah. We're going to have a hard time discussing certain noodly bits of the game simply because it's not what we we're not playing the same, not playing the same game the same way. And some would even argue it's not even the same game. Some people might say in the, one of my professions, Brett, and as I'm looking for employment currently, what that is referred to is fit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's not that they're not qualified to play the game, Brett. It's a good, is it a fit? It's, I don't know if this person's a fit. Fit. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> Sean has experience. Exactly. But is he a yeah, fit. fit? But I tell you, the, uh, after, again, Sean talks to me about it. And it's one person. So he's a friend of mine, good friend of mine. So sh- obviously Sean tells me stuff like, yeah, okay, I can't buy it. But man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I listen to BSers. I listen to my cons, the feedback we get. The stuff I see in the social, uh, our social circles and stuff like, okay, there's there's definitely something to be said here. You pay more attention to it, and you look at it, and I get it. And now, when somebody tells me, "Hey, I really like this," I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. Would you want to play this one?" Mm, I don't know if I do, but I totally get it. I absolutely get it. It doesn't. It only took Brett seven, seven and years. a half years. years. It took me a while, but I got it. Yeah. <laughs> no one said. No one said I'm fast, Sean. Well, it probably doesn't hurt to have the exposure of the community and the no, it does does because no, it absolutely did because when you look at it, if it was just you and I talking, right? Like, yeah, Brett, but I've had this experience. Yeah, I played a similar game and it fucking sucked. Okay, we just hit, we just you know, two Rams bouncing off each other on the mountaintops. We're not getting anywhere here. Right now, I've got Forrester Gary gives me a position. I got Harrigan who talks about something. Eileen talks about something. I talked to to Anne Khan, and I'm like, okay, these are smart people who I have interacted with. I know and trust their opinions, and they're telling me some really kick ass things. I got guys like Tim DeShane telling me some cool stuff. I'm like, I okay, okay, yeah. There's let's let's at least be smart enough to know that we don't know everything. So okay, cool. What else is out there? So um. A really well done curated game is really cool. And one of the other experiences I had recently, I should say re- really recently, both in recent years, is my buddy Nick uh, Conan 2D20. I liked the game system. I liked the way it played. I did not like the way Nick ran it because I wanted X in my Conan feeling and he didn't, he couldn't produce that for me. Um, and he actually said to me the other day, he goes, you need to run a Conan game. I'm going to give you all my books. You're going to run a Conan game. I'm like, well, he goes, no, dude. He goes, you know more about the Conan world than anybody else in the group. He said, if anybody's going to hold it to its thing, that's you. Hey, I Robert. think you should play in one of Gabe's. That's not a bad idea. Gabe, yeah. Gabe's uh, a literature major. Like, you know, he's the real deal with literature and, yeah. and some of the things that he appreciates in there. And he's 2D20 Conan guy and yes, against yes. the Dark Master. So, but, you know. At what, right there. So, first off, uh, Conan and then basically Middle Earth role playing. Two, I mean, two things I love. He <laughs> has know, explicitly I said, I'm wondering how it would be with Brett in in the game like this because he's got, you know, 
it's probably some preconceived notions of Robert E. Howard and Conan yeah. and, you know, there's different authors of Conan too. Yeah, the rest of them suck, but that's okay. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, but I, it's interesting that you said that you you have you like the 2 2D20 mechanic game. Yeah, and that was and that was a piece though when I started looking at that, looking at all the other curated game systems like it's designed to invoke to evoke a certain effect, right? For for the Conan world and and so forth. And similar to the Warhammer the 4th edition role play that I'm in right now, my buddy Alpha's running the way it functions and so on. So anyway, I just, that, that's a piece I've learned is there's, there's some beauty in those systems, especially really well done ones. And sometimes it comes down to the fact that somebody may tell me about a game system that is in a curated type of scenario. Like, Ooh, this PBTA game is this, 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 and this, huh? That sounds great. I have no interest in it because I don't want to play <laughs> that particular game in that world, in that setting, right? Night Witches. Night Witches, I don't know what yeah. the rule system is. It sounds wicked interesting to me, and I'm really glad that game exists. I'm not... I haven't bought it, right? I, I, I don't... I don't have a hankering to run that game. However, the fact that it's out there is really fucking cool. And when someone talks about it, I'm like, that sound, it sounds like a kick-ass thing. It sounds really cool. If someone were to run it for me, I would play it. But I just, you know... As far as I'm concerned, the best game ever mm -hmm. ever made hands down yeah is yet to be made all right i think i think a, a kid somewhere 12 years old is gonna make that game and i'll be probably on the I'll on my dead. deathbed <laughs> on my like, deathbed. that game that's the best fucking game <laughs> when he made it when he was born i was 50 years old <laughs> I love that kid. <laughs> All right, Sean, back to you. What do you got? Uh, opt in. Opt in, man. That is a big one, dude. Dudes, I don't want to sell. I don't want to peddle my wares and, and convince somebody to buy something that they're just not interested in purchasing. I started doing that with my home group because of you, dude. I started looking at it going, I want to run this game. Who's in? And like, oh yeah, I'll play. I got one guy, Jerry. It's like, eh, that one doesn't sound interesting. Okay, next. Then I'm going to play. I'm I'm playing this. This is what I'm running. I'll run it with two players or nobody, uh, whatever. But this is what I'm going to do. It's like this or everybody or whatever. You know. Point is, is like I'm not. If out of the six seven guys I play with, if three of them are like ah, I'm not interested, don't play. Then the rest of us will play. That's tricky. That's hard to pull off because uh, home groups they don't they don't have that a I, lot. I've said this right. before: is that my group is more like a gaming club. We play lots yeah. of different stuff, and different people run things. Yeah, but it's not like you had twenty or ten. No, but Nick Nick's a, Nick likes to run Star Wars. Uh, Lenny has no fucking interest in that. At Brett all. Brett is not Star Wars, even though he does it. Yeah, I'll show up because I like Nick and I want to support Nick. I'm like, yeah, I have fun playing. I'll play. Yeah, let's That's, play. That's what we say in corporate America. Team player. Team player. Team player. Team player. All the way. So so if we were to interview Brett, we'd say, <laughs> well, player? is he a fit? I don't know, but he is a team, team player. player. <laughs> He's a team exactly. player. He's a team player. But I think that's a, um, the opt-in opt is big to me. I think that's really important. It's another way to go about it. It may not work for everybody, but I tell you, I, it's, it's helped me a lot. It, it really is. It, I'm telling you, man, it's. Trying to convince a group like, hey, I want to try this other game. 
what's it up what's it about what do we do what's the character sheet like what's the mechanics i don't know sean i really like fifth edition i really like pbta i know but just give this a shot Uh, all right i'll try it there's people that will still try things right they'll still be like i don't know i'll try it because i haven't played it before but there is a genuine interest when they say, hey, I'm going to post this game. I've always wanted to try against the Dark Master or Broken Compass or whatever. But it is. And that's why I think if you. If, it's one of the reasons people, why online gaming is so fucking cool. Can find those people. And here's the thing. Here is the beauty. And this is where I think people have a hard time. Is I th- And it's weird. It is weird, man. I'm in the people business. It's weird. <laughs> we we fall in love with people that are bad, and we hang on to them for years. Brett has been divorced. At one time, he wasn't spiteful. Not spiteful to your ex-wife. <laughs> I'm, not horrible, but, I'm not horribly spiteful anymore. No, I know. But I'm saying at one point, you, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. you were fondly in love, but you're not anymore. Like, And I think we there's this weird thing about, like, I can go in game and try this other game with other people. And guess what? These other people may actually become my friends. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like, well, dude, there, we've talked about this. There are many people that we used to play with. Like if you knew, if you had a gaming group back in the old days when the world was young and Sean and Brett were in our teens, which is forever ago. If you knew six people you played with, that was it. Yes. I did, I, unless I went to a gaming convention, which I only knew of one existed in Wisconsin. I only knew right. of Gen Con. Gen Gen if there Gen was Gen another right. one, I didn't know yeah. where it was. I just heard uh. about it, right? And um, it wasn't a thing you did. It, excuse me. It wasn't a thing you did outside the couple of folks you played with. Until I got into college, I started meeting more people and different people. Like, oh, there's other gamers. Oh, there's new people. And some of the guys I used to game with moved away. I could make new friends. I could try this different thing. And so forth. That was the big awakening. Even then, we still, of course, there was no online gaming at the time. Shit, we still had dial-up modems for fuck's sake. But there was, uh, it was that old, Sean. Anyway, um, (laughs) point being is that you, um, there is a mentality. I think maybe it's in our generation thing. I don't know if that's true, Sean, or not. But where if you played with these six people, you don't ever leave the family. It's feet first, right? I mean, that's how you, that's how you left the gaming group, right? Like, uh, no, I can, I can bail out of here. You know, and I'm going to piggyback one here is this goes directly to. I have one on my what I learned is don't waste time playing with people you don't enjoy being around. Look at that segue, right? Beautiful, beautiful. Took me seven and a half years. I got a good segue. That's Um, good. And I think it ties in there nicely because at a certain point I used to. It should just be on a shirt. I got to get these shirts for things right now. I don't play with assholes. Exactly. Like, number one exactly. seller, man. Kickstarter. A million dollar Kickstarter right there. Sure. I don't play with don't assholes. assholes. Mike because, because there's so many people. I mean, we, we've listened to people who have written in over the years. And I'm like, Sean, I hesitated a couple of times. And we were talking about it off the mics early on in our podcasting time together. I'd be like, should we just tell these people don't play with these people? It sounds terrible. You know, uh, it. I, I remember this. I, I can't pick it out because it's been a long time. But on occasion, you know, you listen to somebody at a con or something like, oh, my God, you were playing with a pack of dicks. I can't believe you play with these people. <laughs> my God, they just sound like 
assholes. You know, and I hear I hear these horror stories about people doing this, that, and the other, and people feel trapped because like I only know six gamers, which is why when I'm like online gaming, man, get out there, make new friends. Yeah, it, get it, it, out of high around. school, go to college, just go somewhere else, make new friends. These guys, these, these the men, the women, the folks, whoever they are, they're just pack of dicks. They're terrible to play with, and you life's too short to do a lot of a lot of shit. We've talked. About, I mean, you can think about that, but this is my hobby, one of my hobbies. And if I'm going to spend time in this hobby, I sure as hell want to spend time playing with people I like. I've never had a bad game with a with a group of BSers. I've run a couple different games with BSers. Awesome time every time. Every fucking time. I played um, with the folks from my Avalon, my Streets of Avalon podcast, the first one I did. Awesome time. Loved every fucking minute of it. Um, don't bother playing with people you don't like. I mean, seriously. If you go to a con, you end up with a, with a dick at the table. You're like, man, that person's just terrible. God. Whew. You don't ever have to play with them again. You can move on. But man, if you've got a gaming group, and you don't like it or whatever, I know it might be frustrating. It might be daunting or whatever. Um, and it's kind of flippant um, suggestion or advice, but man, don't play with people you don't enjoy being around. Because if you're going to spend four hours every week, six hours every other week, whatever your gaming schedule is with a pack of dicks, why are you doing that? Don't, don't do it. For your own safety and sanity, don't do it. Don't do it. You just got to have the confidence enough and garner kind of garner the oomph to to put yourself out there to meet other folks and there are tons of communities out there now where you can just walk in and if you're you know you, keep in mind though don't make the the, the one bad apple spoil the bunch because that's Correct. that was you know a rash of stuff in the 80s and 90s and i'm sure it happens to this day mm-hmm. just be weary of that one experience with the one a-hole yeah. And, you know, as long as that's hard to police. It is. So, you know, don't let them ruin it. But if there's a rash of them, I got <laughs> yeah. exit stage left, like well, stage let, right, whatever. And let, me, and let me tack this one in here. I'll do a double segue, man. Um, is that I found out through this process, I realized, and I, I say this with at risk of sounding horribly arrogant, I am a better game master than I thought I was. Shut up. I was very I was very nervous to run at cons. I was very nervous to run online with people I wasn't very familiar with who weren't my close friends. I'm like, what if I suck? What if I suck outside the little box I live in, right? What if I'm no good at this? I was very worried about that. And I think it's very easy to have that opinion because a lot of a lot of gamers, we were looking at stuff like, oh boy, we're having a good time. I really like doing this, blah, blah, blah. I gotta make new friends. I have to make new friends with a skill set, right? Because I'm showing up to this game table. I'm going to run a game for people I don't know. What if I suck? Right. That's if, if you're not me, maybe you don't have this problem, but I worry about that stuff. Well, if I'm in the game, you know, tomatoes are flying. Yeah, I so know. Just yeah, saying. I, this, I've, I've learned that from Sean. Yeah. Yeah. I just, just I put up the so screen. You, <laughs> you haven't, let the, you let haven't the tomato, been hit with a tomato? A lot of rotten fruit flying. It's okay. You're all right. But I think, and the reason I brought that one up is the thing I've learned is that I am... I'm better at this than I thought it was. I'm not saying I don't have more to learn. I want to learn more and so on. But I think one of the things that all of us as gamers within the hobby is that if you're gaming and you're putting your effort into it and this is your hobby and you're growing and you're, you're trying different things and so forth, you're most likely, I would say 90 percentile of us, we're all better than we think we are. 
Oh, for sure. Know? Because I, I played with people online and at cons like, man, this is my first con or my first online game or whatever. Nola, I didn't know Nola Burt's first online game, but the way he played, man, I would have assumed he'd been online a ton of times playing games. And I've played with a number of different people at cons. Like, oh, I never played this game before. Holy fuck. I didn't know. It's great. We, and we are all better than we think we are. And that's a piece that we should take as a confidence booster. Yeah, we can all grow. I get that. But when you want to try the new thing, you want to go out to the new gaming group. I'm here to tell you, folks, you're you're probably more competent than you are. Than if, if, if you're anything like me, don't worry, because you got it covered. We have another thing, corporate America, called the Survey 360 or the 360 Survey. Oh, yes, yes. Are you familiar with that, Brett? Mm-hmm. Where you are, you take questions and you answer and they're usually based around you yep and then you have some of your subordinates maybe peers peers, and they take the same thing and they ask them about brett yes ideally the self-aware self-conscious person or i don't know if those are the right terms but typically you're hardest on yourself Correct. Right. And then the rest of the peers and colleagues are like, no, he's, you know, really great. He's awesome. Super. And and Brett's usually the hardest, right? Yes. If it's the opposite, you're in a little trouble in the (laughs) corporate world. Yeah. The corporate world, that's, that's what's known as a wet fish in the face. (laughs) I have had a, I've had a boss that, that has happened to, and they, (laughs) they were out the door. Yeah. Uh, And I still like her, uh, honestly, but that that's the thing, right? It's the self-awareness, humble. I think there's a little humility behind that. Mm-hmm. And I think imposter syndrome is perfectly normal. But to, what Brett is saying is rest assured, you're you're probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and if nothing else, you know, better if, than you think. Yeah, yeah. You're better than you think you are. And most of the other people you're gonna be playing with are probably very, very similar to you, because guess what? They're gamers. That's right. Those folks you're playing with, he, she, they, they, they're there to play a game. Play the game. You know, you know how to play, you know how to run a game. You know how to you know how to roll dice. You know this game system. Do it. I have to give Augie some treats, so he'll leave me alone. <laughs> I see that. He's pissing me off tonight. So we're gonna throw another <laughs> one in here. I think um Sean, this is this dovetails in yours about I love learning about gaming and playing. I love learning about being a GM, about being an art, a player, I uh, I didn't realize it until we started doing this podcast more and more, and I realized that some of my favorite articles in like um, Dragon Magazine, my favorite books were things like Robin's Laws, you know, John Wick's Play Dirty, um, you know, Never Unprepared, Phil Vecchione's stuff that he did. Those are great. I, I love reading that stuff, you know. It, it, it's fun to read. It's fun to listen to and so on. Even if sometimes like, oh man, I don't agree or, oh yeah, that's cool. Or, oh yeah, right on, right on sister. I'm with you. That's awesome. It's just, I love it. I really, really do. I can sit at a bar at Gary. I've done this. <laughs> I've sat at the hotel bar, um, talking to BSers and other random people wander by and we start talking about call of Cthulhu. And next thing you know, it's like three hours later and we've moved on to Rollmaster, and we moved on from that to, Dungeon Crawl Classics and so I mean, we just talk gaming and theory and ideas and so on. It's it's really fun. I love learning about this stuff. I don't. It's it's great, man. <clears throat> it's it's to understand. Well, and that's saying something too, because I think there's some people in the world that 
Um, and and you know maybe they that's cool. You know they got they got it. Hey, I got this. Okay. I have all the answers. Well, good for you. I've been driving since I'm 16. I could drive a car. Okay, got Dude. it. No problem. But you know, for those of us that, um, I find it very interesting to see how other people run their games and take notes, mental notes from them. And I don't even watch a lot of streams or listen to a lot of live actual plays. It's not really, I don't know why, but at the same time, how other people handle specific things like, like, you know, we mentioned Tim DeShane bringing mm-hmm. up the hidden roles and stuff and astonishing swordsman, sorcerers, sub, 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 hyperborea. And it was, you know, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. I could see how I would probably implement that. That might fix the problem about lying all the time in my games. How do I, you know, this stupid freaking kerfuffle I always keep running yep. head, fa- head first into. So it, it is, it's fun. It's, yeah. So I've got one that's kind of a, uh, a weird little tactical piece I want to call out. And I, oh. I brought this up to my kids the other day because we were I was running D&D for AJ and Alana. And um, AJ said, how do you spell that? I said, why do you care? And he looked at yeah. me like, well, Dad, I want to know how it's spelled. I said, write it down phonetically. He's like, but what if I spell it wrong? I said, they're your notes. It doesn't matter. I started doing this myself. And here's the deal. Someone would Dude. say, <clears throat> we're on the road to the temple of Akamitsu. Akamitsu. I just I spell it however the fuck I need to spell it so I could say it again. So I want to be able to say it phonetically. It doesn't matter if you can't spell Calorovile. It doesn't yes. matter. Yes, it does, Brett. Why? Otherwise, you Explain can't be me. like drizzed. Like oh. you got <laughs> like you gotta have the D apostrophe R no vowel Z Z Z yeah. T. Yeah. Like, what would that character be if you spelled it like it sounded? <laughs> it's like, come on. But remember, these are your notes. These are your notes. Oh, and no one I don't else, know. No I don't know if I agree with you. Brett no on this one. No one else I think you. I think the best settings and the best worlds are all with names that could be pronunciated five different ways, <laughs> make complete, like, no sense at all. There you That's go. what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. <laughs> all right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're crazy son of a bitch. You. There's not Sean Land. The boring. See, so I could S-H-A-W-N, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha right in the heart right in the heart hey hey roger remember when we wanted the real reason this thing was getting hung up <laughs> that was it right there there you that's, go that's an asshole <laughs> i do agree with you though i yeah, do agree I, I do, I do. about like the land like I, somebody said like the high hill the high mountains oh call them the high mountains fuck great yeah. it doesn't have to be this goddamn tongue twister that's written in freaking i don't know foreign planet French. I don't, you know, <laughs> Doesn't have to be. what put in five apostrophes and an umlaut. Like what the hell? <laughs> I don't get it. The other thing I have uh, kind of been connected in connection with that is the, um, I didn't realize I did it until other people started to bring it up was I sourced the table a lot. And sometimes I'm doing it without asking anybody. I'm listening. I'm paying attention to what's going on. And someone will say something like, boy, I really hope, or man, wouldn't it be nice if, boy, I'll bet this could be like, ooh, that's really cool. I'll bet that, yeah, I'll do that in two sessions. Ooh, wow, take a note, right? 
So I am pulling a lot of things from my table when I'm running. And I've learned that as a game master, I'm like, I find that shit invaluable. When the players are telling me things that they wish they could happen at the table while it's happening. <clears throat> Boy, I really hope we get to catch, you know, this bad guy. You know, we'll give him his comeuppance. Oh, if we ever catch the witch queen or the, the lich lord or whatever, we're going to do blah, blah, blah. That's <laughs> great. You're walking down the street. Yeah, and, and there you he look is. to your right, <laughs> and out of the soon walks the Lich Lord, son of a bitch. Hey! <laughs> but um, listening to that stuff, I, I pick up a lot of pieces. And what I've translated that to as a player is when I think about something cool, I'm like, wow, this would be really cool. I will throw that back to my game masters. Hmm. Right? So we'll say something in uh, my Warhammer game or in Nick's Star Wars game, like, man. I'm willing to bet, blah, blah, blah. And Nick will smile, and I'm like, okay, he, he might not do the whole thing, but I just told him something, or I told Alpha something that I think would be cool to have happen. I, I really, I want this to happen in the game. I think this would be fun. And they're taking note of that. They're paying attention to me, and they're listening. Much the same, I'm listening to everyone when I'm running. And when I hear that stuff, I'm like, this is really, really cool. And I think you don't have to, sourcing the table doesn't have to just be Sean, give me the name of uh, three people who, you know, work in the town. Great. And uh, tell me the name of so-and-so's mother. You know, that type of sourcing is very rudimentary, uh, in my opinion. But I think the the next level of it, if you will, or the next phase or really cool piece to help your improvisational components is listening to what's going on at the table and listening and sourcing it for those really kick-ass ideas, right? When someone says, man, you know... I have been hoping since we since we first heard the rumor that X would occur. Did did Brett forget that rumor that I dropped five sections ago? Maybe I did. But holy fuck, Nick cares about that rumor. Wow, Ange cares. Okay. Let's pull it in. They care about it. They're they've mentioned this, so let's make it happen. And I think that's a um that's a key piece for for me as a game master. Again, when I'm taking notes. As a player, I joke about, you know, I kind of joke to Sean, you know, I spell shit phonetically because I want to make sure it works. Just take your notes, make sure you can read them back. But as a game master, I'm one of the key pieces I'm taking from notes is like, what do my players want to see? What do they think would be cool? Even if they want to see it, and I twist it a little bit, you know, it's not red, it's purple. It's not this, it's that. It's something slightly different, whatever it is, but it's close. That's just wonderful stuff. And I think that's a, that is a really, and I learned that from listening to the BSers that I'm doing this and I need to keep doing it and I need to amp it up actually, you know, and I, I think it's pretty important. Anything else on your side, John? Uh, I didn't have it listed, but I think, <clears throat> um, like probably stars and wishes and, and things of that, like Ooh, feedback mechanisms. Yeah. That, that come into play. So some of the things that, Prior to the show, may not. Uh, that's the thing with this show, in this kind of reflecting and what we've learned after the seven and a half years. And I think most, I don't know about Brett, but I, I would hope that most of the things we're saying is directly because of the show and not just like after the last seven and a half years. No, it's all, but, this is all showman. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it, it's, you open, it opens your eyes to a lot of different things just yes. in general. Right, you, you, you're more conscious of it, even if you 
you know, even before the show, some people could throw this in front of me and I'd be like, okay, great. You know, I'm going to go play with my home group or whatever. You know, it's the stars and wishes and some of those things that may not have been brought up in, you know, if I weren't in this space, whatever, however you define that. But it's it's good, you know, you got roses and thorns and things of that nature, but stars and wishes, it's like a no-brainer because w- w- and people could, it's funny because you could do this without calling it stars and wishes. Like Brett could go, hey, what'd you guys like about the last game? Yep. It's, it's similar to the lines and veils. It's similar to X-Card stuff. Yeah. In a way, because quite frankly, when I first heard about the X card, I'm like, the fuck do I need that for? Yeah, I was. And, and like, then I nah, and then I dawn yeah. on then it dawns on me, you dumb ass. You've been playing with the same packet assholes for 20 years. No kid, no kidding. You know them like the back of your hand. These are my sure. best friends, right? I know right. these guys. If I'm playing with Sean, I know what I can and can't get away with. I've known the guy right. for a long time. So now I say things like, okay, are there anything that's out of bounds? Blah, blah, blah. If you don't like something, you say this. You know, if I don't, if I'm playing online, I don't have a card, so I'm for someone to tap. I say something. I will tell people at a con, I'm running this game. This is the way it is. If you do not like something, we go through a process. I explain what that process is. You do this thing. I stop it. Full stop. No one will ask you why. If anyone does ask you why, I will stop that conversation. We will carry on. Does anybody have any questions, concerns? You don't like it. You know, I've got a spiel I go through. Everyone goes, okay, cool. That sounds great. I've had it used a couple times. People are like, I can't do this. You're saying no, I am saying stop. Okay, done. We move on. And no one at the table has, has balked at it at any time yeah. that's happened. And that concept then I think opened me up from an inclusion perspective where I didn't think about this. I set a bunch of characters up. I went to a con and I realized that every PC I had were white were white men. Every hmm. pre-gen and PC. I'm like, I'm a fucking douchebag. <laughs> <clears throat> it may, it makes run and forget about it a little tough, let me tell you. But I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I had players at the table with me at a person of color wearing it. Um, they were gay and you could see they, you know, I'm I'm a gamer asking sure. blah blah blah. And another uh person next to them, um, again with um trans st- I'm trans, blah blah blah. They're right. obviously I'm literally on their shirts. And I'm like, I fucked up. I looked them all in the eye. I don't know if, if Ange, Angela Murray will remember this or not, or if I was able to cover my, my stupidity. But I looked at everybody and said, these are ideas. Scrap them, rename them, come with any other picture you want. This is something I put together that I've used in the past with my game group, which is exactly what I did. And I said, but this is not a limitation. I do not care what you do. And I apologize if I'm offending anybody. And the two gentlemen across from me, they both nodded, smiled, and said, I'd like to change this. They changed the name. They changed the <clears throat> the uh, nationality. They changed it. I said, that sounds wonderful. We went with it. I felt like a complete fucking ass. We had some just, blind spots, man. That's yeah, a, I just hope to know. God that the, at the end of the game, everybody said they had a really good time. Everyone shook my hand. They said it was wonderful fun. It was great. But I'm just saying I learned from this group, from this, when I say this group, this gaming podcast. And then that gaming specific group, um, I need to be smarter about that crap because that that was that was fucking dumb on my part. You know what, Brett? <clears throat> we got something in corporate America where it's like, hey, you know, tell us about you know something where you might have failed tell us about a time, <laughs> and you <laughs> might have learned failed. something. What'd you learn? Right? Yeah, a perfect example of 
a scenario where you you ran into something and uh, probably not a success. Nope. But learned a bit. You, you overcame. And I don't the, do it. And I do not do it anymore. And I was very, very fortunate that the people at my table, Angela Murray included, were very kind. And nobody called me out for being a prick. Because I realized at that moment, I could have been that asshole. Right. Yeah. I, I you, were, I, you were one Twitter storm away from. Yeah. I could have been that dickhead. That gaming and BS. Boom. Done. Right there. Done. Yeah. Right there. Would have been finished. <laughs> I could have been that asshole. And instead, I, I realized what I'd done. I looked at these sheets. And went, oh, my God. I'm an idiot. And I said, here's the deal. I just called it out. This is a mistake. Do whatever you want. I am very sorry. We will adjust. My bad. And I meant it. And I meant every, and I mean it now. I mean, I meant it. Hor- I, I still I feel bad about it. And I don't think I've ever. <laughs> well, it, it, this I, is literally kinda, years ago. I, I know. This is I, like a long fucking time ago, too. It still bothers me. And it was one of those pieces where I'm like, I'm never fucking doing that again. That was the dumbest goddamn thing I can do. Yeah. Well, and I <clears> chuckle <throat> because I think you're, you're being a little hard on yourself. And I think we, I mean, I tweeted the other day. I was, I was literally at an interview and I was, I was, and I, I worked in sales and, and stuff. And so you go in. And when you're waiting for somebody to come and greet you, when you go to their place of business, usually it's, it's a little, you know, you don't sit down, right? Because if you sit down and Brett comes out to meet me, then I stand up. Yeah. Right? So when Brett comes out, he's looking down at me. It's, it's a weird thing. It's human thing. So I tweeted that. I'm like, don't sit down when you're, you're sitting there. And, and my buddy, Joe, who I used to game with is like, well, it's great if you don't have any handicap or. You know, so you know something that prevents you from doing that. Like, yeah, that's no a shit, damn good right? point, dude. That's a damn yeah, good point. Yeah, valid point. Like, yeah. total yeah, blind spot, point. right? It's not like and the key. You know, for, the key for me in this one is like similar to that. Is I didn't know these gamers. I knew two of them at the table. Right. Two. Um, I think. Um, what else was playing with Tom Flanagan? I think might have been in that one. I can't remember. But anyway, but I knew two players, Angela and this other person, and I didn't know the other guys. And, I sh- and because of that, if it was like if I was playing with my uh, my middle daughter, Rhiannon's gay and um, she's openly gay. And if I would play with her, I would. Ah, I know my child. I know this. If I play with a num- some of my friends or some of my kids friends, like, oh, this person's gay. This person's trans. I know this. I know this. I know this. I didn't know these people. And I walked in with a stupid preconceived notion. So I purposely one of the reasons um, I, I do this in Avalon all the time. But the the names in Avalon, Scout, Doc, Sarge, and so forth, these are names, nicknames that people call you. These are your street names and so forth. I always say that. But they're very neutral names. Anybody could take that name. It doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah, you can be a Sarge and not be doesn't matter what your, male, what your right. gender, or nationality, perceptions. None of that matters. And it works really well in my Avalon setting, which is one of the fun things I have in that space. And then when I ran my um, World of Darkness games, I make sure I have an equal number. Of different things and i say this is these these things are open to you these are names attached to this and such names are changeable this is changeable and i lead with that say this was just a perception change it as you wish you don't have to be a woman you could change this to be a man you could be gay you could be trans i don't care do whatever it is you want to do because i don't know you so a lot of people playing at my table i don't know you and some of the bsers i know a lot of them but i don't know know them Right. Yeah. We, so I'm we didn't still grow up just, with them. Just, and, exactly. Yeah. I didn't grow up with yeah. them. I don't talk to them every day, all the time. It's not, right. you know, I don't have the same type of experience as you and I have had, Sean, together. 
So we're anyway. putting it all together though, just so everybody exactly. knows. Exactly. We're freaking <laughs> frantically writing shit yeah. down all the time, taking oh, notes, exactly. getting the database together. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was um a, a serious one I wanted to I wanted to not I don't know necessarily close with on my side, but that was one that I want to make sure I, I said today was that was it that was a big deal for me was going through this and listening to the men, the women, the uh, different people talking about different things, perceptions, reality, and how they um, how they are treated. And listening and, and seeing some of the crazy-ass shit that people have done to hurt people in our hobby. And I sure as fuck do not want to be that person. You know, I just don't want to be that guy. Uh, I don't want to be that person. And if that takes a little bit of extra effort on my part to make sure that when I make my characters, that my NPCs or my pre-gens or whatever it is, I can make sure that I'm, you know, not offending somebody. It's not even work, man. They're just making cool PCs. Yeah. Anyway, got anything else on your side? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's a good spot. I don't, I think we covered everything. I had a couple like uh, online gaming I had down and obsessed with game mastering. So I think both of those were... Something we tackled already, so I don't really have anything else. Is there any last ones you wanted to leave off with other than that? No, I think the um the only other one I could think of is that the um the beauty of the when I first started doing this, Sean, I've told this story a bunch of times. Sean's like, hey, we should do this. Like, what the fuck would I do that for? What's a podcast? I mean, that's stupid. Right. Mm -hmm. So first off, this is fun. So Brett <laughs> found podcasts to be more interesting than I ever thought they would be. <laughs> And um, I honestly didn't think anyone would give a shit what Sean and I had to say. He's like, hey, look, if we get nobody, we get somebody, blah, blah, maybe we'll get a, and Sean would be like, maybe we get 100 people. I'm like, 100 people? Are you kidding me? That's insane. And um, wow, it's um, it's really cool. And and now we have 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> of the same, yeah, whatever. But the um, one of the cool things that that taught me was like, Avalon Kickstarter, try it. Go for it. Do something creative. Brett, do something. Brett do something creative and, and do Kickstarter, it. Yeah. Do something creative and do it. You know, and you you have a bad show. Ah, crap! I don't like that show. Ah, I didn't like that one as much as last one. That show felt good. Turns out nobody else liked it. Damn, that was weird. But it's kind of that game mastering thing and the player thing. Try something. Do something different. Give it a go. This is a very creative endeavor in the hobby in this space. And if you think um, there's been a number of people who listen to us, they've started their own podcast. Some have faded. Some have grown. Some have have died off or whatnot. Kudos to everybody who's tried it or said, "Hey, I like this idea. I'm going to try to run this game. I'm going to try to run this podcast. I'm going to do this thing, even if it doesn't work out." <clears throat> the fact that you tried it and you put some effort into it—that's a lot. Um. I also learned a lot that Sean does a fuck ton more work than I ever thought he did. The more I learned about how the amount of work that Sean puts into this thing. But um, <clears throat> seriously, though, I, I, I learned to really appreciate the work that other people put out. And I'm not as critical. When I first started listening to certain podcasts, I'd be like, oh, the sound quality. Oh, the this. Oh, the that. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's 40 hours worth of work. <laughs> That's six hours worth of work. Holy shit. Um, I appreciate the effort that goes into it and I appreciate the creativity that people pour into things and when they really put their heart and soul into it, you can feel it and you can see it. So we good, man. We're good. Let's get into die roll. Let's wrap that up. Die roll. <clears throat> Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to share with you. 
Well, I'll, I'll throw one out there right now. So I threw this out there. We had uh, the broken compass talk at the beginning. I put a link in the show notes. It's two littlemice.net forward slash broken compass. You can find you can find that link out there. So I want to make sure I call that out in uh, Daryl since we spent some time at the top of the show asking about it. Sean's got dwarven fiasco. A dwarven lich is taking over the temple of the mountain. What the heck is a dwarven lich? For five-year OSR written by Edwin Nagy on Indiegogo. Our friend Edwin, one of the uh, mainers. I was hoping to talk. I should have. Uh, next time I go bear hunting out there, I'll have to make I'll have to make time to go talk to Edwin as well. But yep, that's out there. Dwarven fiasco. Link in the show notes. He's on Indiegogo. Dwarven yes. fiasco. Yeah, Edwin Nagy put it out there. It's a good one. Um, new podcast by Todd Crapper and Danny Delisle, I think is Danny's name. Uh, and they have Covenstead, a podcast of gaming and magic. Very cool. So check out Todd's new show. And then, um, Game Master Mastermind. Mm -hmm. Brett's going to be on there. You should have to find a time. But we just, I just dropped, I say we, as in the people that were on there as well, professional game mastering with Nikki and Don. Uh, I want, I, I need to get them back on cause I think I have more questions. I'll say this again, man. I think that's a really good idea. What you, when you were explaining to me what the GM mastermind process was and what you're looking to do with it. Um, I think I may have joked with you. Wow. You could take the gaming BS catalog and, uh, and open it back <laughs> up, but you totally can. I mean, I totally can. It's, yeah. it's like a really good next step of getting that feedback and play. I, I, I think it's really cool, man. Yeah. The I have one in the in the in the uh, tank for uh, Kimmy from Happy Jacks and Jared Rasher uh, of What Do I Know JR.com and Senda from Pandas Talking Games. And oh, awesome. She's a super geek. All talking about session zero. So that'll come out in a couple weeks from today. Uh, I got a couple others lined up as well. So yeah, and I'm gonna tap some some folks that expressed interest on, in being on. So it's not little patience. The list is long. We'll get you on there, and uh, and, and Brett as well. So um, Brett could talk about anything. That's the thing. <laughs> I wanted to get him on the horror suspense one, but Fortune, yeah, fortunately, fortunately so. or unfortunately, yeah, he gave me up that one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so that is the. I, is there anything else? No, man. I think that's it. I think that's it for today. All right. Well, that's been an episode of gaming in BS. Uh, next show is for, next show is the AMA. The next show is the AMA, and I have to go back and see what questions we have. I grouped most of them, but I think I got to go back in again. Okay. Because I certainly while I. Would love to talk for hours. I don't know if we have the time to talk for four hours <laughs> to get through all of them. We're gonna so, do what we're gonna do our damnedest to get through as many as we can. Yes, and give each question the the diligent answer that it deserves. I mean, quite frankly, we may yes. get there's probably a couple of QT questions. I'm assuming you know, like what's your favorite kind of pie? Something like that may show up in there. I don't doubt. But, um. Point being, if you asked a question, you and my assumption is a, a BSer means it when they ask us a question, and you deserve a good answer. So we'll do our best to answer everything we can. And um, this going to be a long show, Sean. There's no two ways around it. Yeah, and so where we will, we will like I'll let Brett 
monitor the chat. He can look at it and be distracted. We're going to interact with the chat. So if you're here, great. We'll, we'll acknowledge you. Typically, we don't do that during our recordings because the flagship show is audio. And, mm. and so it's kind of jarring. The last show, shit. You Who know, cares somebody anymore? listens Whatever, to the go, audio show go. and they're like, this experience sucks. Well, <laughs> you got 383 other shows you could listen to. That'll be probably a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know if Brett has time. I'm putting him on the spot, but. Dude, I got the day when I mean that evening. I've got the evening. Let's it. So there I was thinking like after we're done recording, we bop over to Discord or Zoom and you know, crack open a couple. And hang out for like an hour with anybody who's who's got time. It's on a Monday night, so it's going to be a little weird. You're going to make me call in sick on Tuesdays, which you're going to do until ah, two in the morning. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be you know all night or anything, but it'll you know we can we can do do one kind of meet up oh, or dude, something after worth, the fact. Yeah, rap rap party. That's what they call them, rap parties, right? I seriously, uh, I plan that evening is like, hey, it's it's uh, from. 8 p.m. until I'm done, whenever that is. So yeah, I I am setting that stage as well. So yeah. um yeah. So if you've seen this and you're subscribing and you're in the chat, give us a like, please. Thank you. Like like it matters Lucky if it gets matters liked anymore. and the YouTube channel goes up. I think the only other thing Why? I'll say here at the tail end is that um of, of this episode anyway is that yeah. Sean and I aren't kidding when we talk about the things we learned. We we really I mean it. And I know Sean does too. This is this is shit we learned and stuff introspectively. There's more we could go on for hours and hours and hours as we always do or could. <laughs> but I I would not, I would hazard that Sean would not either, without this organization of the BSers and the feedback loop that you all provided to us. We <clears throat> I've said this before is that we can have a, a mediocre show or an average show or whatever you want to call it. But I'll tell you the BS or feedback, not just the, Hey, I like it. People calling BS on us, adding pits, telling us their stories, giving other ideas and input. I have learned a shit ton from all y'all. I really have. And, uh, in case I forget to say it next time, I can never thank you all enough for that. Yeah. It's been a hashtag hashtag truth. I mean, as much as Sean, and I love learning and talking about this stuff. You know, the, um, the next iteration of this is Sean, Brett, and the rest of y'all at a con in the bar or at the restaurant or whatever. And whenever we've had that opportunity, it's just wonderful. That's the best stuff. And learning from everybody who's been involved and taking the time to talk to us and tell us their opinions and their perspectives and their insights. That's just awesome, man. I can't thank you enough. Really can't. So thank you. Yep. For sure. All so, right, man. I tell you to subscribe to the podcast. But who but, cares? You know, you know whatever. <laughs> you do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Delete us. The fuck that we care. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I got uh, dark in a hurry. What happened? And on that note, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Sean. I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming NBS produced with help from the following BSers. Joe Swick, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Chris Steele, Remy Bilodeau, Jason Hobbs, Mark Desaka, Mirko Froelich, Pure Mongrel, Brett Pazinski, Brandon Barnes, Eileen Barnes, Dan Lavalley, C.W. Mellencamp, Victor Wyatt, Craig Huber, Roger Braslett, Stefan Dragonspawn, Jared Rasher, Finolf, Ray Otis, Jim Fitzpatrick, Old Scoozer Roleplaying, Ron Blessing, Curtis Takahashi, Ron Bishop, Mark Richmond, Chad Gleyman, Craig, Corey Welch, Angus, Eric Salzweedle, Robert Nemeth, 
Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Erica Villa, Jeff Seifert, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Niall Diamond, Aaron Relia, Jeff Goad, Rich Wishon, David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, HN, Colcago, Eric Tavola, Huskaro, Yorkus Rex, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Jim Ingram, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Phil McClory, Adam Grotejohn, Jay Plata, Ed Nyes, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries Christian, Larry Hollis, Todd Sharp, Orcus Dorcas, Chris Shore, Michael O'Holland, Wayne Peacock, Kevin Keneally, Zagrave, Vornak, Farty McButterpants, Craig Chunglo, Eric Lunsford, Feeling Good Lewis, Ziga Paradzik, Nick Westbrook, John Mahoney, Crystal Eggstead, Zalea, Zwiefer, Hypnocode, Kelly Ness, Tim DeShane, Jerry Garcia, and Jason Weitzel. What can we say? Thanks for sticking with us over all these years. Thanks, BSers. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.